From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Brian Walsh, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, September 2nd. Today, I'm joined by Impact Alpha's Rudy Sanetis to hear about concrete steps to address a particularly hard challenge, reducing carbon emissions from concrete. Hi, Rudy, and welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Brian. Good to be here. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. The U.S. infrastructure bill has money to build highways and to tear them down. Cities like Nashville, Las Vegas, and St. Paul are readying plans to cover or remove highways that have divided and disadvantaged communities. The payoff? New land for housing, parks, and businesses, and reconnected communities. The Reconnecting Communities Program, part of the bipartisan U.S. Infrastructure Act, provides $1 billion over the next five years. Many of the local projects plan to complement federal funds with municipal bonds and public-private partnerships. The epic floods in Pakistan are highlighting the gap in climate funding for emerging markets. The monsoon season floods sweeping through Pakistan have killed more than 1,000 people and created half a million refugees. One lesson is that climate adaptation funding is wholly inadequate for low- and middle-income countries, which are in the front lines of climate change. The International Monetary Fund has approved more than $1 billion to Pakistan to head off default on its government debts. Here's Kalsum Lakhani of I2I Ventures, a Pakistan-based early-stage venture capital fund. That we've never strategically dealt with or thought about how we create resilience in our economic recovery plans. So we're oftentimes just jumping from crisis to crisis without actually solving for or creating the foundations that are necessary to really create long-term sustainable goals that will allow us to really kind of fish ourselves out of it. Kalsum also shared a list of vetted aid organizations that are providing humanitarian aid. You can find them in the show notes or at Impact Alpha. The Rockefeller Foundation is tapping satellites and artificial intelligence to guide green infrastructure in Africa. The foundation is backing a digital platform to identify green infrastructure opportunities in Kenya, Nigeria, Rwanda, and Uganda. And finally, Dryad secured over 10 million euros for ultra-early wildfire detection. The Berlin-based company says its low-cost solar-powered sensors, which can be mounted on trees and forests, can detect wildfires and improve response time. Now it's time for our feature story. I'm joined by Impact Alpha's Rudy Sinetis. When it comes to reducing emissions, most people are familiar with efforts to transition to low-carbon energy sources, which is critically important if relatively straightforward. But then there are efforts to reduce emissions from harder-to-abate sources, efforts known as deep decarbonization. Rudy, this week, you and Amy Cortese explored efforts to address one important, hard-to-decarbonize sector. Tell us about it. Hey, Brian. Yeah, Amy and I have been tracking concrete for a few months now. And as you probably already know, concrete is responsible for up to 10% of global emissions. The main issue is that cement, concrete's main binding agent, is responsible for most of, of that emission. Why is that? So basically, concrete is made from a mixture of cement, sand, gravel, and, and, and water. And um, it releases uh, CO2 in, in two ways. Um, one of them is it uses fossil fuels to heat up lime, limestones at super high temperatures in a kiln 
um, which is a, a kind of furnace or oven, um, if you will. And two, when the limestone chemically transforms, it releases uh, carbon in the atmosphere. Uh, but we need concrete to build things. Indeed. Um, after water, concrete is the second most used material on Earth. It, it shapes most of our built environment from houses and roads to dams and bridges. Um, more than 4 billion tons of cement is produced each year. And by 2050, over 5 billion tons will be needed to keep up with rising global population, urbanization patterns and infrastructure development needs. So what's the plan to decarbonize it? Well, there are big incentives in the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act, um, such as more than $5 billion um, are included to spur the use of low-carbon materials and, and public infrastructure in government buildings. There's um, $4 billion to spur resiliency and, and affordable housing. Um, there's uh, strong support from the Federal Emergency Management Agency's Building Materials Program for low-carbon construction techniques and a 30% tax credit for retrofitting manufacturing facilities to emit at least 20% less carbon is, is included as well. That's a lot of action at the federal level. Uh, yes, but lasting change in the production and use of concrete will need to come at the local level. About 40% of all concrete is purchased by the public sector and uh, you know, usually local governments as we reported in the story, there's such a variation of materials that go into concrete based on climate conditions and access to local resources. The good news is that some states are taking action. For example, New York and New Jersey have already started using their procurement power to promote the use of low carbon concrete for public projects. So what do these federal and state incentives mean for investors and entrepreneurs? It's, it's good news. I see it as good news. The flood of federal dollars has set up a rush to develop low or no carbon cement. So you have smart investors and companies that have climate goals and use a lot of built infrastructure investing in a variety of low carbon cement startups. Can you give us an example of some of these startups? We've covered a few of them, uh, Brian, including Carbon Cure, which developed a technology that injects captured carbon into wet cement. Um, and uh, strengthens the material um, and, and lock, locks away um, CO2 emissions. Amazon is, is using Carbon Cure's technology in many of its buildings, um, including its, its second headquarters that is currently being built in, in Virginia. Um, other startups are, are looking to, to replace or reduce limestone, which is uh, you know, the main culprit and, and cements carbon footprint. Um, for example, Brimstone Energy, which which is out in Oakland, California, claims it can make zero carbon cement without changing the final product to price. Uh, so Brimstone is using calcium silicate instead of um, limestone to make its cement. Um, a byproduct of the process, magnesium, absorbs the carbon from the air, which Brimstone says makes its cement carbon negative. Um, another startup is uh, Biomason which is out in uh, Triangle Park, North Carolina. And Biomason is using microbes to grow its, uh, its cement substitute. Those are some interesting commercial efforts. How are people in the concrete sector reacting to these innovations? Well, there's, there's been efforts from all fronts, uh, Brian. Um, for example, the Global Cement and Concrete Association, which includes producers of about 30% of the world's cement, introduced industry sustainability guidelines back in 2018, 
the group um, are are hoping to make the cement industry carbon neutral by uh, 2050. And their approach is to stimulate demand for low-carbon concrete products by creating the necessary infrastructure for net-zero concrete manufacturing. As Jen Carson of Climate Group, uh, which is a London-based environmental services firm, told us, it's time for concrete targets to reduce carbon emissions in years, not decades. Indeed. Well, thank you so much for walking us through the decarbonization efforts in the concrete sector, Rudy. Really interesting to learn about this. Happy to, Brian. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to Rudy and our producer extraordinaire, Isaac Silk. Ready to try Impact Alpha? Sign up for Impact Alpha Open, free of charge, directly at impactalpha.com. Want to go deeper? Grab a subscription and get full access to the site, Agents of Impact calls, and the daily email brief. Just go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and choose an annual subscription. I'm Brian Walsh, Head of Sustainability for the capital markets firm TPICAP. Until next time, take good care.